All right, everyone. Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Chili, get up and turn that light on real quick. I, I need the people that are watching me on this camera to make sure they see me clearly. How's that look to y'all? Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Um, oh. I'm going to tell y'all a quick story real quick <clears throat> uh, from last night. Well, first of all, this episode, if you guys are listening or watching... Thank you for tuning in. This episode is called Neuroplasticity Pontification. With uh, We've got a special guest on the show today, Aunt B. You guys may remember her from the treadmill race that we did uh, last month. Aunt B was one of the main hosts during that event. And we love having her on the show. And apparently you guys love having her on the show because I've seen your comments uh, you've actually said that she's the best part of the whole operation, and I, pr I probably have to agree with you. I cannot believe that I'm the one with the the social media following because Aunt B is much more entertaining than I am, and uh, she's extremely funny. Not very smart, but extremely funny and beautiful. So we're glad to have her on the show today. Thank you for being here, Aunt B. Thank you for being here, Aunt B. Welcome to the show. I'll tell y'all a story about what happened last oh, night. Man. So we had a bunch of storms come through here in North Georgia last night. And uh, me and Aunt B woke up at the same time. Would you time. please stop calling me Aunt B? What, do you, what would you like to be called What's on air? What's my name? Jordan. All right, Chet. Keep going. <laughs> you prefer Aunt B or Jordan? Keep going. Okay. So... Me and Jordan were laying in bed last night. We both were awoke at the same time at 2.30 a.m. We wake up. Jordan goes to the restroom that's nearest to the bedroom. I go to the other restroom. Well, she goes into the restroom. She gets there before I do, and I'm walking down the hall to go to the other restroom to take a pee, and I start hearing just the most terrible farting that you've ever heard. Like, I'm talking about like long, like just nasty, rank farts. And I'm like, this is like right at the time Aunt B are, uh, sits down on the toilet. And I'm like, that gone, man. Her stomach must be tore up. I mean, it was just constant, right? Constant. And so I get out of the hallway and I'm about to go into the to the uh, other bathroom and the farting keeps getting louder the further I get down the hallway. And I realized what has happened. So, Brooke likes to um, play with fart machines. She has multiple fart machines in the house. It's, there's like a fart machine in every junk drawer. <laughs> and I realized one of her fart machines in one of the junk drawers had come on and was just continuously <laughs> farting. And so I thought it was her. It ended up being the fart machine, but I don't know if the daggone lightning uh, set off the fart machine or oh, what. Yeah. But this thing was going off the, chart, off the chain. That's a dude. common problem with those <laughs> fart machines and lightning storms. All around the world, farts can be heard in the lightning. Well, you know, setting them off. Actually, at, at, at first, I grew, I grew a little weary of it because I, I thought this could be potentially be an ambush. Because like a fart ambush, if like somebody had, if some, if an intruder had got into my house 
and they wanted to distract me <laughs> and like pull me into a, a a room or something, all like that would be a great ambush. So first I Better armed grab up your shotgun. First I armed up with my shotgun. And then I went and investigated this fart noise because Fire two blasts. I, I don't I don't mess around with the, with these ambushes. So that was a storm story from last night. I uh, have a story from yesterday too. Okay, what what's your story? When we were talking um, on our walk, and you randomly made the comment that you have to talk so much on the podcast because nobody else will. And I just want to know. You know, I mean, personally, I feel like it's because he never shuts up. That's why he talks the most. You know what I mean? Well, that's just how he feels. I mean, he tells Blake to be quiet, and he goes ahead and speaks for me, so I don't really have anything <laughs> he left to speak say. For you all so. the time. I just, that's, I'm just letting you guys know his perception of that he carries this podcast because he have to, he has to. And he even told me yesterday, he said, you won't even talk. Well, look, man, that's the burden of it. You're the host. You're the star don't, of the show. Don't feed into his No, look, crap. that's the truth. You're the host. You're the star of the show. You have to carry it. It's a burden. We're all, we're all laden with, with different types of burdens, and that's one of yours. Podcast is your baby, man. So I hate it for you, but we're just here for the support. I'm cool with it, man. Oh, he's more than cool with it. It's it, he he relishes in the fact thinking that everybody else is performing poorly and he's performing well, better. Well, the way that you handle the way that you construct podcasts, the way that you construct podcasts and handle podcasts, it has no flow to bring in other people. So, uh, only thing that's left to say is, yep, uh-huh. Yeah, yep, you don't play well yep. with others, boo. Or, well, or, nobody knows what we're talking about except him, so here he's thought for <laughs> days on this topic, and he's like, huh, y'all don't think deeply, do you? And when you got two <laughs> seconds to respond to a topic he's been thinking about for a week. No, man, you can come up with anything on the spot, but he don't, that, ain't what, that ain't what the show is, man. It's supposed <laughs> to be what... You don't think deeply, do you, idiot? What you got on your mind. Well, guys, that wraps up the podcast. Blake, you got anything else to say? I right, appreciate that. Right, enough said. He gives you about three seconds to answer. Well, on that, uh, on he when he said that about me, I was like, I'll talk like crazy. I, I'm good at talking. And he said, well, on that last podcast we did, you didn't talk at all. One of these days, okay. I'm going to do a classic interview of you, Chad. I'm going to just sit down one-on-one, -on -one, Larry King, 60 Minutes style he would love we that. might do that next week and i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna ask you quick now i'm gonna it's gonna youtube y'all want y'all want us to do that next week now it's gonna be the questions that i want to ask and you know yeah it ain't gonna be you yeah. telling me what to ask you so I, you'll have to roll with what i hey, say but yeah. i think somebody's getting on you hard on here man yeah. on these comments what'd they say please tell me they said uh Oh, he he retracted his message. <laughs> no! Char Charlie Freed, he said, Chad all the time getting on Bojangles, people, but uses Zen for nicotine addiction. You're dang <laughs> right. Nicotine's good for you. He retracted <laughs> his message, though. Bill. Charlie Freed, nicotine's good for you, son. It's a nootropic. Nutro <laughs> it's a daggone nootropic, man. It's an addiction. It's a vice. No, it's Wage good for war you. against your vices, babe. Don't be a slave. How does nicotine affect the brain? Um, it enhances your brain. Nootropic. No, Focus. It, Cognition. Uh, what's the acetylcholine? It, it makes you produce more acetylcholine, which enhances your focus. Yeah. Thank you, Huberman, Well, I'm for making me sound smart. I'm going to tell you what. Uh, 
The, what I what pisses me off <clears throat> is y'all is yeah I have to carry the daggone show, but then afterwards you guys all make fun of me and say I talk too much. No, 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 I don't. Chad, you don't have to carry the show. It's what should happen. It, yeah, it's the burden on you. I I, I could sit here and t- I, I could do a ten hour radio show. Nobody wants to freaking hear that. This podcast is for I you. I would want to hear it. Well, it's for you to come in here. And and say what's on your mind, and we add well, little. I'm look, about to tell y'all what tidbits. the crap's Boy, on. you do a good job, Bubba. I think you do a great I'll tell job you too. What, oh, I'm man. honored to be on here. I'm Podcast glad you do King. it. Now you need to quit complaining. You daggum complain too much. <laughs> I'm about to tell y'all what is on my mind, son. Well, all of y'all, can you make it quick so okay. we can get to the topic? First of all, I wouldn't count on it. First of all. <laughs> I want to let y'all know about um, Patreon because I'm doing a lot of stuff. I have a whole nother show over there. See, y'all think I talk a lot on here. I have a whole nother show over on Patreon where I talk about the real good stuff, man. The real good stuff, all right? That's called the Nuff Said Podcast. We also host Resurrected, which is three Sundays a month, a live call with me and Blake where we get to have conversation with you guys. It's live. It's on Zoom. Uh, we got an awesome group over there. And uh, so if you want to support the podcast, if you want to support uh, 3 of 7 Project and everything that, that we try to do our best at doing, we would appreciate you supporting us on Patreon. It makes a tremendous difference. It allows us to do the things that we do it allows us to buy the equipment that we need to go the places that we need to go, and uh, it helps tremendously. So go if you feel led to join us on Patreon because we have a lot of fun over there. I would appreciate it. And all you guys that do support the show, thank you for carrying the load. All right? Thank you for carrying the load and making all of this happen. You know, it's really weird. It's it's always been weird to me, but this is the way life is. This is the way business is. This is the way teams are. This is just the way life is in general. Look, man, usually there's about 2% of the people that carry about 90% of the load. That's just the way that's just the way life freaking is. And I accept that, right? So for you guys that support us on Patreon, you're the one or two percent that actually contribute and give back. And that means a lot to me. So I want to thank you personally for that. And I'm being dead serious right now. That means a lot to me. All right. Team PT this morning. Chili asked me to start announcing Team PT for all you guys on Wednesdays live on the YouTube channel. Okay? They yeah. sent me a message. Go ahead, Chili. Well, I mean, you you called everybody fat and you got yeah. we got to help you got to help people get back in shape. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what we're and, doing. And by the way, for y'all fat people listening to this, <laughs> look, man. Uh y'all y'all don't understand. Okay? A lot of y'all get offended about me talking about fat people. And I don't give a crap. I'm going to keep talking to fat folks, all right? Here's the thing. Look, if you are overweight, but you're working to get better, you're freaking awesome. If you're fat and you're just happy and complacent about being fat, you're the turd, all right? So for you guys that are overweight, but actually want to get better, that is awesome. So good on you. 
And the reason that I even harp on fat people is like I said before, it's because I know that there is more for you in life. You will feel better. You will work hard, harder. You will contribute more. You will be a better example for the people around you that you can influence if you're not fat. And I want you to do that. And you know why I want you to do that? Because I care about this nation. I care about our communities. I care about this world and humanity. I, it comes from a place of me caring. If I didn't care about you, then I wouldn't care if you were freaking fat. Okay, so that's, that's that. Team PT, yeah, Chili. You wanted me to give these fat people that decided they, they're going to, they, oh, dude, they're ready to rock and roll. They're ready to get better. They're ready to lose that weight. You wanted me to give them the team PTs. Everybody wants examples of workouts, examples of things to do. To me, that always blows my mind because just, if you, do, if you literally do nothing, just walk around your dang house. That's step one. That's better than nothing. And then that'll grow from there. But they all want workout ideas. So I just say, hey, we'll just let them know what we do every Wednesday. Yeah. Y'all don't know this, but every Wednesday before we come in here and do this, we all go and PT together, all right? So we're going to start giving that to y'all here live so that if you want to do it, it'll give you a good workout to do either later today or tomorrow. All right, Team PT this morning. Blake, first of all, he's injured. His freaking ankle's weak as cat's water. He can barely do anything. He can So we couldn't do much running this morning. He twisted his ankle. He's weak. He's always been that way. He's not really genetically as strong as me, okay? He's sneaking those so, things um, in this morning, isn't he? He's, he's injured. So we went to CrossFit. It wasn't even mandatory. I can't believe you showed up this morning. Why do you say you, that? You, you you willingly subjected yourself to a, a CrossFit workout. I do it every... I willingly subject myself to it every time we have a CrossFit workout. That's, I don't have to show up. Okay, yeah, well. I mean, but you... Okay, <laughs> whatever. So, well, I don't. What was the PT this morning? I don't know. Some, so we some did, goofy CrossFit crap. We did deadlifts. Deadlifts every two minutes. Don't people have to pay for CrossFit to get access to the CrossFit no. workout? No, they're public. Deadlift. Deadlifts. Every two minutes, do eight deadlifts. No, they're not. For five sets. All right? That was the strength portion. After that, we had four rounds. Okay? Four rounds for time. The first exercise was 30 kettlebell swings with a 70-something pound kettlebell. Well. <laughs> this, yeah, some, if, you, if you did it the right way. Some people's way. The second exercise was, um, what was it? 25 burpees. 25 burpees. Jeez. The third <laughs> exercise was 20 push-ups. Hand release. Hand release push-ups. All right, that's for time. I did it in about 18 minutes, I think. I crushed everybody, man. I told these jokers last night. They said, let's do Team PT at CrossFit. I said, well, that's not much of a Team PT because none of you guys can beat me at that anyways. I'm so freaking strong right now. You guys don't even know what's coming. Well, I I am if you don't believe him, watch that, watch that video on CrossFit. I am, on CrossFit on our YouTube channel. I am channel. so strong right now. Y'all yeah. don't even under, understand, son. Under freaking All right. After that four <laughs> rounds, you got a 50-calorie assault bike and a one-mile run. As a matter of fact, I'm the only one this morning that did the entire Team PT. You were I'm the only one that did it. 
And I and I beat everybody. You were supposed so. to do an assault bike. Nobody even knew he was just doing his thing, oh. and that's when he makes I, things I up at the very end. Say, you never that, said that. Who came up with the assault bike? Where did I that did. come from? He'll say it after he got done with yeah. it, and then say you didn't. Yeah, first do it. I heard about that was now. Yeah. yeah. You saw me on the assault bike. What are we supposed to follow you around? And do? <laughs> yeah. You didn't say that. I'm the strongest one. Do what I do. No. You're, if you if you guys want to get better, to get up and leave. Do what the crap I do. Like the strongest one at what? At everything. Well, that's not true. Right you now, you were freaking bum toe for Dude, the last three weeks. You Blake couldn't, you couldn't even hike. Blake literally kicked the crap out of you the last time we did a CrossFit workout. I've seen it multiple times too. I've well, seen yeah, him. He does cr- almost nearly you. every time. I smoked you on the rower too the other day. No. He jumps la- higher the, than you. The last CrossFit well, workout we're talking we did about a day with thrusters and pull ups, he literally annihilated you. You but, were over there for like, that, you double know, the time. That's the difference between me and him. I just, you know, I, I'm not going to get on here and brag about it. I, well, I don't I'll, have to. I'll brag for Blake. I don't have, I mean, I'm fine. You know. You mean when he had an infected toe and wouldn't even go outside and walk, you didn't come in here and talk about how you were CrossFitting and he wasn't? Yeah, how he's always had weak toes and every time he runs right. more than five miles, he's got to rest. I'll brag for him. Blake's right. sitting two weeks. Freaking. I don't even understand y'all. I'm the oldest one here. I've beat my body into the ground for my, my entire adult life and and i'm still stronger than all y'all i think it don't make no sense to me could be an elite crossfitter if he cared about crossfit but crossfit's stupid but i think he could be well that's what i think i don't, think I, I don't care what could you be can't, you can't do I enough of the movements you can't muscle up you can't do enough of the stuff no, what do you really got to can't. say you really yeah. can't you, you can't can, do half can't of the do, movements and that's very true can. tech guy you can't <laughs> you can't do neat elbows no. muscle ups GHD sits. He can't Look, box jump as high sit. as you. Yep. Yeah, you got a weak freaking box jump. What are you like, twenty inch max max box <laughs> jump? Jeez, By the man. way, for everyone on YouTube, geriatrics. Hey, all of you guys on YouTube. How many people we got on YouTube right now? One hundred and thirty. All right, guys. Jeez. I bought. I bought a Toyota. I bought a Toyota. All right. So y'all remember from last episode, we were going to buy that uh, Toyota truck, that uh, Hilux. And the dang thing sold. It'd been on there for two hours. It sold in two hours. All right. So then I started looking at these Land Cruisers. Oh my so I gosh. ended up by, I'm just telling the people because they, 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 we're they were anticipating it. All right. Now I bought me a 1983 Toyota Land Cruiser. Now y'all listen up on YouTube. If you're watching this, you need to tell me right now, I'm going to build this Land Cruiser out over the next six or eight months into a doomsday rig. Do you guys want us to film that on YouTube and show you how we're going to build the ultimate doomsday rig? All right? If you, I, We haven't done any car content, but I'm going to tell you, this daggone Land Cruiser is bad to the bone. If y'all want to see that, the tech guy's watching the screen right there. Let him know, because if I just tell him to do it, he won't do it. But if he knows you guys want to see it, then he'll show up with his camera when I ask him to show up. So I'm going to tell you. That's not true. It's an awesome I'll show rig. Up when I want to show up. It's an awesome tell rig. Him. All right, Aunt B. Now, I know you got a lot of stuff on your mind. You you know, you're not all that smart, but you're funny. You do I literally want to punch <laughs> you in the face so bad right now. He's in a mood today. And it's not even because he keeps taking jabs at my intelligence. It's just because he's being so prideful and annoying. 
Well, my, it's a good thing I'm all the way across the room from you. Jeez, man. Um, that's why I don't sit over there by you. You want this stone right here? Please. That'd no. Be great. Uh-uh. So, <laughs> she will throw that at me. So, what's on your mind today, Amby? I mean, you, you, I'm uh, not she, asked you to, she asked I'm you to not, quit calling her that. I mean, Brooke. I'm not answering any questions from you. If you want me to talk, you got to get Chili to talk to me. Chili, send it. <clears throat> well, we've wasted. Hey, that's how you handle that. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we've wasted, according to Brooke, we've wasted a lot of this podcast, so we need to just get right into it. Yeah. She wants to talk about New Year's resolutions and, and neuroplasticity and dopamine and brain chemistry, and I think that's a great topic because, well, um, I was going to go on a little bit of a tangent too, but I'm not- new diagnosis? But I'm not going to do it now. No, 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 no. We'll get to that later because um, that does have to do with neuro neurology, so- no, what what do you think about New Year's resolutions? <laughs> Does your neck not hurt when you turn like that? My neck has been jacked up. That that stupid CrossFit workout threw it out of alignment. <laughs> He's got C five palsy. <laughs> oh my god! So I just read. Um, for I'm reading for the second time a book, and I know dopamine's like like vulnerability right now. It's one of like the hot topics, and I don't buy into that. But I'm reading Dopamine Nation by Anna Lemke for the second time. And it, if you if you hear about the book, you think it's about addiction. But what people don't realize is addiction, like we all have addictions and it's habits is what it is and how dopamine can influence you to do things. And that made me think about like New Year's resolutions. What are they? I want to quit doing this or I want to start doing this thing that I don't normally do. And both of those things are dopamine. So the question I was wondering is like, I don't think for Chad's personality type, it necessarily is for my personality type. If I know where I can anticipate what my brain is going to do. Um, like a good example is like, have you guys ever had a really long day at work? And the night before you got takeout at a place you really like, or you made an awesome dinner and you know, those leftovers are waiting on you. So as you're heading home, you're hungry. You're thinking about this awesome meal you get to eat. That's dopamine. Mm. right the craving is dopamine when you sit down to eat the meal that's dopamine like you train for a long event um and the anticipation is dopamine and the day is dopamine the thing that was really helpful for me in this book and everybody should read this book if you enjoy books like that is there's a there's a seesaw right and this, your body fights to keep the seesaw completely level. On one side is pleasure, which is dopamine. On the other side is pain, which is a lack of dopamine. So say, babe, you've been training for a race and you're super excited about this race. And the, the anticipation has been months, the training, the day of, you're just, you're pumped, you're excited that you finish the race and you're just filled with all these, what feels like just endorphins, like good feelings. And then the days after you feel like Mm doo-doo, like you can't get happy. Um, you're not as, as easily like energized. You're just, and aside from the physical stuff and what that is, what they talk about in this book is your, your body fights for homeostasis on this plain pain, pleasure balance, So if you overindulge in something, whether it's a race, whether you sit down and eat 16 donuts, whether you watch porn, whether you do name, name things that are people's vices that, that make them feel really good. 
you will go back on the seesaw the other direction to pain. You won't level out. Does that make sense, Chili? Like, you'll go the other direction just as much. <clears throat> well, um... So if you overindulge in what, something... What you, studies have shown that it's that it's equal? So, like, there's an equal and opposite reaction? Correct. Huh. Exactly. Because that, yeah, that, that, that's not a... For me personally, that's not my experience with the human body. I don't think that, that the body, that the human nature is to try to find a balance between pleasure or pain. I think that the, the natural instinct of the human body is always to try and weigh down the pleasure in. Correct. Right? And so the reason that that's a problem, it used, instinctually, that used to be necessary. The, the the human body's desire to seek out calories and food and warmth and pleasure oh. it had to be extremely strong because those things were hard to fo- to find Correct. for man that was living in natu- a natural environment now what has happened is we are living in an unnatural environment an unnatural lifestyle all the way around and we still have the natural instinct to seek out pleasure, whether it comes in the form of food, comfort, whatever it is. Social media. Yeah, So whatever it is. And so, and now all of those things, I say we're living an unnatural lifestyle. What is unnatural about our lifestyle is all of those things that give us pleasure are, are available in vast quantities. Whereas if you were out here living in the woods as a Native American, you, did, you, you didn't, those things were hard to get, which is why the desire had to be so strong. Well, that hasn't changed about the human physical nature and the desires of the brain. The thing that has changed is our environment. And so the body actually desires pleasure unto its own destruction within the environment that we live in here in America. And that's why people are so freaking fat and miserable in killing themselves. Do you think it's you? You would say that the environment that we currently live in is unnatural. Look, because I would make the argument it's actually natural. That, that's the, that's a ridiculous statement. It's the natural consequence of the advancement in the advancement of adaptations and and technology and to to get the world to the place that it's in now. It's actually natural because everything that's happened is a natural consequence of time passing and adaptations occurring and growing and learning new information and making the world. Uh, in many ways, better uh, for for survival. Like in a lot of ways, it's better because things are easier. However, it's it's bad because it's new and we don't know how to. We're not able, we're not handling it properly. We're not handling an abundance of food properly. We're having people, uh, you know, like you said, have constant twenty four access to to unlimited calories, and then they literally eat themselves to death. So that's that's not good. But I would say it is natural, the world we live in. Like, that's the argument I mean by that. So it's not a good thing. It's a new thing that we haven't adapted to yet. And, like, the books that Brooke is, is reading and the studies and all this is showing how to actually bring it back into natural alignment in the new environment that we're in, which I would argue is still natural. It's just different, and we don't know how to... I see what you're saying about it's a natural consequence of time passing in the the human the ingenuity of the human brain. Right, right? that's going to keep happening. But the weird, the, the strange thing is, I was talking to Brooke about this the other night in the shower. Me and Brooke take long showers together, <laughs> uh, about once a week, and uh, we don't have sex. So. What? 
Baby, where, there's kids watching this. Hey, we were talking about this in the shower. And um, ever I said, I said, if you, if you were born, let's say 150 years ago, if you were born, y'all are freaking distracting me, man. Well, I mean, that if kind you, of went off the rails for a second. If, we'll we'll if get you, it back. If you were born 150 years ago, you could look back on the lifestyle of your grandfather, your great-grandfather. You could look back as many generations as you wanted to look back to, and that person, your ancestor, had lived a fairly similar lifestyle to how you were living, right? So you could look back throughout all of human history, and humans had lived a fairly similar lifestyle, right? Until now, just within the last hundred years, this progression has just, the progression within human society and the human existence has just exploded. I mean, just like, you look, you're talking about this little bitty time window within all of human history where the entire human existence and experience has changed in a big, big way. Well, That's com- crazy, it compounds. Man. It's like yeah, compounding it interest. Has. It's compounded. It's because like- it's based on population. And for the longest time, population growth was super, super slow. And technological advancement is directly proportional to population growth. Mm-hmm. So hmm. only an up and I mean, a lot of cataclysmic events took a lot of people out uh, up until, you know, for many, for the first thousands of years of human history. But then... Only up until recently, like you said, has it really compounded to the point where we're like doubling in population growth in a, in a relatively short amount of time. So the technology is going to follow suit. And that's what's happened to create the conditions that we're in now. And barring another cataclysmic, catastrophic, wipe the world out event, it's going to keep doing that to the point where, you know, it's going to be unimaginable and, and, and it's going to be unimaginable really quickly. Like even quicker than it has been. So you see how quick the technology's advanced in the last twenty years. The next twenty will be quicker uh, because of that same principle. So unless the eugenicists win and they decrease the world population <laughs> down to, you know, whatever a hundred million, five hundred million, like the Georgia Guidestone said. But anyway, that that's why that happened. Oh so that's gonna keep uh, that's gonna keep happening, and we're gonna have to keep adapting to new to new environments that I would say are natural, but are going to be hard to deal with just like the one we're currently in. So like Brooke is saying, what do you, how do you navigate the world we're currently in with, with the dopamine balance and trying to keep it balanced? I think something that we all utilize that I've seen the us utilize is intentionally tipping the pain balance to get the dopamine later, but it's different. It's not like, like picking up your phone and getting on social media and seeing how many people liked and then getting sucked into scrolling. You're just, you're depleting your feel-good chemicals on social media. Like think about that. When you spend 15, 20 minutes, you're just, don't waste it on that. Like don't waste it on that. Go do a cold plunge. It hurts. It's painful. Go sit in the sauna. Go on a long run. Do a really hard workout. Do something that makes you uncomfortable and is painful, and you will tip that seesaw when once you recover from that, will go back to the other side. And do, it's. Do you think a lot of people's uh, 
dopamine regulator is broken. Well, that that's what mm. this book, you need to read this book because that's what she talks about is what you guys were just referencing that like what you're saying, Chili, like we haven't adapted to handle this environment and all these things that are at our grasp and fingertips every second. I mean, we haven't adapted to handle that well yet. And there's a big argument for that's why we're having such a big mental health crisis and addiction crisis is people, people don't understand this. And I don't know whether having the knowledge of what's happening in your brain would help prevent some people from making the mistakes or if it wouldn't make a difference, you know, but right. Like, yeah, we're just, yeah, we're not, there, there is a way to use that to, for your own good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. To balance yourself. Well, I don't know what the mental health of, of people has been throughout human history. I have no idea, but it certainly does seem like it's worse now than it's ever been. And to, to pin that on one, one universal cause would be foolish because it's a multitude of things, very complex multivariable problem, quote unquote, mental health. But, uh, I would say that it does largely boil down to what you're talking about. Like dopamine regulators not working anymore because we've broken them in a world that we've tried to adapt to at a rate that is too fast for us to handle. It's just like if you, if you ran a hundred miles, like if you've, you're, you're, you become an adult and you've never ran before in your life and then you just go run a hundred miles I mean, it, you're not going to handle that or respond to that the same way someone who's trained for years right. would because they've put in the work and handled it. So, the like, trying to live and navigate the current world today is like trying to run 100 miles with never training before. It's like you're just jumping into it, something really hard, you know, like crazy because the world jumped from, from zero to 100 that fast, mm -hmm. and it's going to keep happening that way. So, I don't know how to... It's an adaptation problem, and I don't know how to, to 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 hack the human body to be able to adapt quicker. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's just it's. I don't know that you really can. I I think this is an issue that's gonna probably keep keep perpetuating on the same rate that it is, and all we can do is just try to mitigate it by doing the things that you just said. Because I don't know. I mean, if it, like the literal rate that we're talking about, I mean, it's it's like a math problem. I mean, if you if it keeps going because say say we try to adapt to the current world as it is it's going to be different next year i mean there's going to be new technology that we don't even know about ai and all this crap i mean that if say we adapt to a smartphone well i mean that's it, going to be outdated technology in five years so then how do we adapt to the next thing what yeah. if you just adapt to the feeling of pleasure and just be aware of that to know when things when, when you do something and it makes you really happy or you really get into it and you want to do it more, like for me, Instagram is one of those. Like I will want to pick up my phone and check it. Like when things start becoming like that, if you're able to identify it, it doesn't matter what changes. Like you know yourself and you know your reaction to things. They could come out with who knows what. As long as you're able to say, I like that too much, it, it's it's. I'm craving it. I'm wanting to do it. It's becoming a habit. I got to mitigate that and I have to limit that. Like, I think you would be fine, but it's going to take some major self. It's a lot of self-will and self-discipline and regulation. Um, so and we have too vigilance. little structure in life, in our lives. 
Um, I, I mean, I, for me, which I'm in recovery from drugs. So I am like what, what we're talking about. I'm probably, I'm possibly way worse about it than you guys are just cause I'm predisposed to be more. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty bad. Yeah, it's, but like, like I like what Chad said and I didn't think about this when I was thinking about that podcast, he was talking about like native Americans. And when he was saying that I was thinking about like, their pain pleasure balance and how if you compare it to ours like they were in the cold they were in the heat they were bugs like when they found food or when they ate it was such a big win and like what were their other pleasure moments like food sex warmth there was but that was it like there was like there was like a hand there was you could yeah. probably count on one hand the number of pleasurable things well, they had access to. Might find to. a honey beehive every now and I then mean, and get a little sugar. Right. You probably discount how much they they probably you know played around and yeah, but that, joked and that. I mean that's the thing. We've all we're, we're always we're humans. We're always like we're the same humans we were then, really. But playing around, we're just in a different environment. So totally different. And, and what? Yeah, a totally different environment and. You know, that's why the human instinct to pleasure make this that that strong human in, it's so hard to overcome it. It makes so much sense to me. It has to be it had to be there for humanity to even survive. It had to be there. I want to share a Bible verse with you going back to what we were going back to that topic we were talking about the increase in knowledge that has come about over the last very short amount of time. This Bible verse has always really stood out to me, and I don't know if you guys have ever read it or not before. This is in uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. And this is uh, the angel, an angel, the angel of God speaking to Daniel says, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words of the book he was writing and seal the book, even to the time of the end, Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. I believe that the increase in technology and knowledge that we've seen over the recent portion of human history is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. I believe it really is. I believe it's connected. I believe it's a fulfillment of prophecy. And, um, and I believe that if it did carry on at the rate it carried on, eventually... Humanity would either self-destruct or it would completely reset. There's one of the two things would would end up happening. So I just wanted to share that real quick. You know, speaking of this, Biscuit, you talked about being able to being able to use your own self-discipline and and your own capacity to essentially mitigate your desire to seek pleasure all the time through these you know, devices through food, whatever it may anything. be, anything to, to feed that, that dopamine, what you call it. I don't believe in dopamine, but, um, Imagine that. to feed that, right? <clears throat> well, here, here's the question I asked myself, uh, how many people out there have the, the mental strength and fortitude to actually be able to do that? All right. Because I have a, I, I, I have a very strong mind. And I can't even do it all the time. I, I mean, I even fall short of it all the time. So do I. And so, you know, one of my, I, you ask yourself, how many people can actually do that? Like, is that a vi- is that even a viable thing to to say? Well, this is actually possible to 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 do this. And 
one of my biggest goals in life, to be honest with you, is to completely get rid of this. I'm not kidding you. Like, that's one of my... I think that this thing, this cell phone, I'm holding it up for you guys that aren't watching, this cell phone is so wickedly powerful over over the human mind and ability to control your time on this thing. It's so powerful. I don't know that you can even live healthily with it without just completely getting rid of it. I think these things are freaking killing us, man. I legit, there's, first of all, I know for a fact they're stealing our lives. These are stealing your life away. You're living most of your life, some of you, in an alternate reality. And you're missing out on real life because of this. And ultimately, I believe the only way to, to cut that out and to not keep slipping back into a bad relationship with these freaking devices and technology is just to completely freaking get rid of them. And I know that, is that one of your goals too, Chili? Yeah, I told you two years ago, my, by 2027, I'm going to throw it in the ocean. I hope I'm in a place where I'm financially in every, every way that you can be able to do that because I'm I'm gonna do it. Well you could you, New you, Year's Day twenty twenty seven, I'm throwing it in the ocean, whether you, I'm ready or not. Well you could still I'm not using it anymore. Look, man, you could still do we could still do everything that we do here without this. Well we should start it would just to be a little less convenient because up. here's the thing. Every time you needed to do something online, you would have to be more intentional about it. You would have to do it on a desktop computer that was connected to the internet. Right, So you wouldn't have it at the tip of your fingers. You would have to slot out. Okay, I need to send some emails. I need to do whatever. I got to sit down, slot this time out, sit down at this desktop computer, take care of it. And you could still do everything we do. The difference would be you wouldn't find yourself on this thing that's right at your fingertips 24-7, right? This thing wouldn't be there laying beside your bed in the morning and your alarm goes off on it and it's the literal first thing that you your eyes, when they open, it's the first thing that you look at to turn that alarm off. It wouldn't be there. It wouldn't exist. Well, we're on a four-year clock, so get yeah. busy. I, I mean, I think that you're going to shut down because I'm going to tell you about parenting for a second. But like when, when you have kids... And say they keep touching something on this shelf here, and I say, hey, don't touch that. And they go back and touch it. I say, hey, don't touch that. And eventually you take that and you move it to the top shelf so they can't touch it. Then you've just altered their environment to where that's no longer a possibility for them to be able to touch that rather than teach them the discipline or to listen to you that when I say don't touch that, it means don't touch it. And it's still going to be there, but you can't touch it because I said that. And so... I agree that Chili, you know, he said it's advanced so fast, and I think a lot of us maybe have become addicted to these things before we realize the negative side effects of them, and now we start to realize that, but we're already addicted to them. So on the front end, had we seen what they were, then we wouldn't have became addicted to them, hopefully. I don't know. You don't ever know, but we're essentially the first generation in this technology advancement. At my generation, I'm 30 years old, I remember going from pagers to Nextels to flip phones now to smartphones all that happened in my lifetime and so younger kids getting phones at a young age you can debate that or whatever but then you're giving them a powerful machine at six eight ten however old you know your kids are it's literally designed 
perfectly to make you addicted to it. That's so, the whole purpose of it. Yeah. And, well, you know, yeah. you, you talk about getting rid of your phone. The reason I brought that up, yeah, I mean, it's hard. But people before did it. They didn't have the option. But does altering your environment do anything for you? Would you just go to Brooks point? Would you just go to something else? You were kind of talking earlier about mastering yourself and realizing, well, if I desire that, regardless of what it is, I know I need to do it less. And so it doesn't matter what the environment is. You've sort of mastered yourself in a sense, right? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you could get rid of your phone, but would it just become something else that's convenient that you're going to go find maybe it's exactly. not as detrimental to you but it's still something and but i wouldn't even wouldn't say as convenient uh, what about like what you guys are saying i can put a perfect parallel with children too with us growing up highly processed sugary foods yeah they do almost the exact same thing that a smartphone and watching videos and stuff does and and like i totally agree with blake if you don't learn to master your own self-will and self-discipline and you don't learn to find that that balance and that seesaw on your own you're just going to find something else within the next few years that's going to become your new thing well you know it comes back to my theory on desires mm -hmm. you're gonna do what you want to do most yeah I, and i mean that's literally I don't know that that'll, I mean, that that's about as much of a scientific law as there there can be, that that's human behavior in an, as boiled down as you can get it. You do what you want to do most. And and the same thing with the phones, like all these tricks people use, like, well, I'm going to get rid of it and then, then I won't use it. Well, you may do that for a year and then be like, oh crap, I got to go buy another phone. I, I, like if you want to, that's what you'll go do. Yeah. Like ultimately the decision to not be addicted to, to not use it constantly every morning when you wake up it's not going to come down to you throwing it in the ocean or not it's going to be quit freaking doing it yeah. because you want it to quit ruling your life and how you get like how you manipulate your desires how you tell yourself okay i'm gonna want this more i'm gonna i'm gonna want to get up not look at it for 30 minutes and go run and eat and then eat breakfast and then i'll do my work on it how you make yourself want that more than just getting up and immediately going to take a piss and looking at your phone. I don't know. It, well, I don't know how you manipulate your desires, but I'm telling you that that's what's going to dictate what you do. Yeah. That is going to dictate what you do, whether you like it or not. It's what you want to do most. Now, I don't know how it's called um higher order volitions. It's like your desires about your desires. It's you want your desire to be different than it is. So it's like, you, if you go to your phone every morning, it's because you want to. So that's your first order desire. A higher order volition would be, okay, I know I want this, but I don't want to want it because it's ruining my life. But you still want it, so you do it anyway. So that's a real complex thing that I don't fully understand, but I know that's how human behavior is boiled down. So to, the answer to how to stop doing bad habits like that is somehow your desire is changing. I it's think, internal, not external. Right. I think what you just said, I've never heard of what you just said, but I think that's what they teach you in rehab is like well, to be separate from your desires because there was a good probably two years where if I just was caught, like if I was one with my desires, I would be using drugs again. Yeah. Like I had to learn to separate myself from the things I wanted and look down on them from a bird's eye view of like, I feel this, this is really powerful, 
but is this a good idea? You know? Well, even like the decision for people to go to rehab, I mean, that that's, they, they, people do that because they want to, they want to change. They have a strong pull to do whatever is killing them. But at some point they have a desire, like a, a stronger desire to, Hey, I got to get help. I've got to quit this. That's competing desires. Right. So like, well, it, boy, it ends up being, do you want to live right. or die? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and still 90 something percent of them die. So that's the power of the desires that we're talking mm-hmm. about is they right. do desire to live and get clean, but sometimes what, it doesn't, what we're talking about, which is dopamine is driving yeah. the cravings. It, it can kill you. So like, Hey, there's another good reason to get a hold of this and like start to be able to identify those things and start to use pain um to your advantage and well you know that's why people on on social media that are that are motivators i mean you can name a list of whoever i mean almost everybody that's got a social media account an instagram account follows people that they go to as sources of motivation and a lot of the reason that people do that is is they'll watch those people and it'll literally motivate them and their desires will change because like they're in a bad place where they don't work out, they don't eat right, they don't whatever it is and then they'll literally watch this source of motivation and it'll stir something within them and make them want to change and make them want to be better and make them want to do those things. But it, it usually is fleeting, it doesn't last. If we knew how to manipulate desires to to just make you desire at your core what you want and what you know is good for you, we'd be billionaires. I don't know how to do that, but I know that's what it comes down to. And, and to me, it's just, it's like, I see the frustration with people because they want to do that. Like, like that's why people go to all these sources of motivation. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, people view you as a huge source of motivation. When you freaking get on your rants about fat people, it literally makes people get down while they're watching the YouTube video and do push-ups. I mean, they <laughs> there's conflicting desires in everybody's head. They, they want it bad, but they don't want it bad enough to do all the work that it takes. So mm. they slip back into their old bad behavior. I, I don't know how, it, how the change fully happens because you see it fully happen in people. You see people that weigh 400 pounds and now they weigh 160 pounds and they're freaking fit athletes and they stay that way for the rest of their life. So it, 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 the, the complete switch can happen. You also see people go to the gym on New Year's Day or for the, for the month of January because they made a resolution and then they never go for the next 11 months, but then next January comes around, they'll be back in the gym for a month. So they do it intermittently. I don't know how you, how, how you change it and make it stick. But I know that that's the that's the the question, whether it's addiction, whether it's bad habits with diet and exercise, it, it literally encompasses everything. Everything comes down to desire. And, and I mean, I keep saying the same thing because I don't know the answer, but maybe somebody out there can figure it out through discussions like this. I, I love personally, and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but I just keep feeling like I'm not saying it well is like, for me, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, I per- I purposely deprive myself of things I want every day, throughout the day. And I try to measure the amount of indulgence I give myself every day on anything. On food, on comfort, on social media, on 
because I have a mental image of that seesaw I'm telling you guys about, which you need to go read that book. Um, Andrew Huberman did a great um, a, a interview with the Anna Lemke. That's also great. But I imagine that seesaw, and I know from experience what that homeostasis feels like, and that's what I want. I want homeostasis with a couple spikes in pleasure every once in a while. Um, but I'm fine with getting my spikes of pleasure from getting in the cold plunge, not from sitting down and eating a bunch of sugary food because one crashes me and the other one makes me feel good for a prolonged amount of time. So I think what I'm trying to say is like, if people could begin to understand the mechanism that, yeah, going in the gym the first of the year doesn't feel good. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. It's Going in the gym doesn't feel good if you've been doing it for 20 freaking years. But we love it. We have a love for fitness. It's different when you're first starting. It's, I think it's different. For yeah. me, it's different now than it used to be. But people can get there. But if, if they can go into it knowing that they are tipping the pain balance and there is going to be an equal and opposite reaction when they are done of feel good, and if they can hold on to that to just to push through till it becomes a habit. Does that make any sense, Chili? Like, well, yeah, I mean, it's just... Like, knowing knowing pain pays off. Like, not pain, like, don't go stab yourself in the leg. I don't like, really understand it in those terms of the, the pain-pleasure balance. I don't... I mean, everything is a balance, but I don't really... I don't know. I don't know that I understand it in not, those terms. Like, do a really hard workout, get yeah, really Yeah, she's hot, talking really about, cold. like, a runner's high. She's talking about like, like after a long run, how people generally will feel nice and relaxed and yeah, and, and at peace. Um, Chili probably has never felt that. Yeah, he wouldn't admit it. He this wouldn't. guy on here put delayed gratification is always more valuable. That's kind it, of a good way to put it. That, delayed gratification. That is, that is great. Thank you, YouTube guy. What's his name? Don Nathan. Thank you, Don. And, and here's why. Because delayed gratification is like... Oh, I'm not, I'm so good at, anal I'm well, so bad at analogies. Hold on. So like it, instead of you eat the donut and you spike and then drop, you have this nice little plateau of feeling good. You don't feel, does that make sense? Blake? Yeah, you're not like, getting too high or too low. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, here's a question that I think is, is truly worth asking with the discussion we've had, especially based on how we are. How do you keep a person who's killing their self by eating bad food and, and with laziness from sloth from a sluggard from getting into fitness and then going and then and then the, taking that same addictive personality if you want to call it that whatever the case and and then taking the fitness too far and then killing themselves with that like by li I mean literally working out 24/7 running so much that it literally crashes their body's system I mean, how do you keep that person from doing that? You see what I'm saying? Because that that same thing with a with a quote unquote good activity, a good thing. Oh man, I'm eating right and I'm exercising. Well, that same person may take the dopamine that they get from running one mile and go, well, I think I'll run five. And then, well, five's good. Why not ten? And Isn't then, that what y'all did? And then, it, well, and then it turns into you know running two hundred miles a week from month in month out. How, how, that's going to be just as negative so so the balance that you're talking about like it's not just going to be easy just because you switch from a slothful activity to uh 
to a quote unquote good thing like exercise, it's still the, the balance is still going to have to be there. I agree that you can turn anything into an addiction. And I think that requires the vigilance and the learning yourself. And, but it's way easier to sit on the couch and inhale food than it is to get out and run. And I think it would take someone a lot longer to run themselves into the ground with exercise than it would to make themselves, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think there is a lesser of two evils. I don't, I do know, I know people right now who exercise to the detriment of their body, like every day because they, they rely on it to feel okay. And that's not good. No, it's not. The goal is to not rely on anything but God and your social relationships and your sleep and your diet and your healthy exercise routines to keep yourself feeling good and happy. Like, well, I guess my question is, is everybody doing that? Is everybody, uh, chasing that dopamine in some way? And some appear to be healthier than others, but they're all, everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm chasing it when I go and do a really hard workout or when I said, like I go do the cold plunge, like I am doing that because I want to feel the good rush afterwards. You know, a big reason, a big reason that um, we as uh, a society have gotten so far away from any sort of balanced seesaw that Brooke keeps talking about is because we have gotten so far away from our connection with our creator and our faith. Our our faith has been just obliterated by our modern society we've taken it out of every aspect of our lives our our schools our communities um our we've just drifted so far away from it and this is something what we're talking about right here that is taught that is is uh, articulated all throughout god's word this is the design for the healthy complete son or daughter of christ it, this is the design of the lifestyle. We see it all throughout the Bible. Ecclesiastes, one of Biscuit's favorite books, says, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, which means you shouldn't get so hung up on one thing all the time. There is a time for everything, right? Uh, The Bible says, uh, Paul actually says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. This is a part, what Biscuit's talking about right here, what Chili's talking about right here, we at 307 Project believe in striving to achieve a complete and wholesome lifestyle through the master mastering, nourishing, and maintaining the three aspects of our body, physical body, our soul, which is our mind, and our spirit, right? And part of that is exercising self-control in all things, right? We've totally drifted away from the concept of doing that, all right? So I just wanted to throw that in there. As I look this up in Scripture, it's all throughout Scripture telling us this has to happen, 
or you will destroy yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, you've said before that you don't really like the word, the term balance, how people talk about it today, but that's what three of seven project is all about. Yeah. That theme is throughout the Bible, literally probably every book really is somehow relating to living in balance with how you're supposed to live. Like sin is essentially going too far in, 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 you know, out of balance. Yeah. Right. And, and so, so that, that, that's such a common theme in literally every book of the Bible. You know what tipped the balance in my life? I'll be totally honest with you guys. I talked about this the other night on resurrected the whole first portion of my adult life. My physical desire was in complete control. My desire for sex, my desire for pleasure, uh, whether it came in the form of just wasting money. When I graduated SEAL training, the Navy gave me $40,000 as a bonus for graduating SEAL training. I spent it in six months. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I had zero control over my physical desires. I had no moderation in my life, in any aspect of my life. The one thing that tipped this balance in my life and allowed me to become a complete human being with some self-control, able to exercise some uh, deliberate self-control in all facets of my life was the fact that I was filled with the Holy Spirit of Christ. I promise you, y'all think I'm freaking joking, man. Y'all think that this is some freaking game. This is when I talk about the holy like when I talk about the spirit of God the creator of the universe actually living in me, filling me up. I'm being serious. That actually happens. The the holy spirit of God will come and live in you and change everything about you because it's no longer you anymore. It's the Holy Spirit in you. I I felt this happen in myself. It's the only thing that changed me. It is the one thing. It is the one moment in my life in 2012. Brooke will attest to this. I remember calling her from from overseas and being a totally different person all of a sudden with some sort of self-control and balance in these sinful natures of my life. And she's like, well, what, how are we going to live together when you get back home? What are we, what are we going to do? You're not, what, what just, what the crap just happened? That's what tipped the balance in my life. I, I, I'm not saying everybody's had the same experience. I'm just saying for me, it was a distinct moment in time where all of a sudden I had some self-control. Isn't it funny too that, like they're discovering they're finally getting to where they can measure these neurotransmitters like dopamine and majority of these scientists are atheists or they don't believe in anything but the things that they're finding like in this book and like Huberman talks about are proponents for self-control isn't that funny and like that lines up with the bible and and what the bible teaches and it's just I don't know. I just think it's funny how a lot of the scientific stuff they find out about how how we work lines up with what's written in the Bible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's I can't I can't attest to what you're saying. We were not we were living some rough lives and we didn't feel bad about it. I mean, I never felt 
bad about the way we lived and the no way- there, there was no conviction right now now i felt bad the mornings that i would wake up after i went to some freaking village and got hammered daggone drunk couldn't even think or walk i felt bad the next day but not bad in a from a form of conviction i just felt physically bad right because i destroyed myself i was destroying myself the nature of sin will kill you the wages of sinful nature are death. That is the truth. That is the truth. All right? Just the way it is. They will consume you. They will destroy every relationship in your life. They will destroy every aspect of you. And they will eventually destroy you physically. All right? That's the way it works. So... You know, man, for me personally in my life experience, everything about who I am right now, sitting here today, I attribute to Christ. Literally everything. That's why I'm so passionate about my faith. I could not have achieved, I could not have become who I am today were it not for me being reconciled back to my creator. Couldn't have done it. As a matter of fact, I probably wouldn't be here today. I would probably be dead. I'm being serious. Y'all don't know the old me. All right? That's why I'm so passionate about this, man. And, and it ain't no daggone game either. It's not a game to me. Y'all got anything? Does that mean you're ready to end No, it? I just got on a rant right there. No, I'm good. What do you got, Brooke? He likes to throw it to you like this. Yeah, I to don't... To say you don't talk. Well... I'm I'm just my goal when we come on here and especially when we talk about stuff like this is like I'm just thinking when we're talking obviously entertainment is a big thing but like with what I'm saying like did I give people things that they can take with them in their day-to-day and meet their new year's resolution goals or like stop doing that thing that they want to stop doing that they've been doing for years that they hate and, like, do you guys think that we did that? Do y'all think that we gave people well, tools? Well, here's, here's, here's what I'll leave you guys with. In, in whatever, whatever way, whatever tool you decide to, to use, um, first of all, it, it's, it's going to require action. It's going to require pain. It's going to require you getting up and, do, and making a change, all right? It's not going to happen for you, all right? Now, having the Holy Spirit helps with that in a big, in a, in a big way. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to leave you with. Don't get sucked into the idea that when you decide you're going to make that change and you take the first step, don't get sucked into the idea that that's just the end-all, be-all. All right? Because... Nothing happens, no permanent change, no results, literally nothing happens without the freaking reps, the consistency, 
the literal day after day after day of executing on whatever change you want to make, that is the only way it happens and it becomes a permanent habit, a permanent part of you and who you are and your life, okay? So here's the tip I have for you today. Don't think that all you have to do is make that decision and it's a done deal. You have got to focus on every single day and the harder it gets, the 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 more you need to hone your focus in, right? I've told y'all this before. During SEAL training, every single morning when I woke up, you know what my goal was? For the entire day, I had one goal when I woke up. All I, all I thought about was to make it to breakfast. I'm not kidding y'all, man. That's all I, th- I didn't know. I didn't care what was coming the rest of the day. My only goal was to make it to breakfast. This was the equation for me that worked, that kept me in the fight during a really physically challenging time in my life. All right? So maybe some of y'all should practice that. Maybe if you're dang, you're just getting started in, into fitness or eating right or controlling yourself, uh, your, your, your pornography addiction or controlling your uh, uh, whatever it may be. When you get up, just think about, just just get the workout done. Don't think about what's the rest of the day. Just, just make it to breakfast, man. Do what you need to do to get through the first part of the day, the first part of the workout, the first bite you take of food, whatever it may be, just focus on that or you're going to get freaking overwhelmed. And it's it might take a decade of doing this day by day by day by month, by month, before it becomes a permanent part of who you are. That's the reality of it, man. There ain't no quick fixes to this crap. It's been my experience in life. And when we talk about it in terms of faith, it's my, my, your faith is going to be a lifelong search. It's going to be life it's going to be a lifelong of seeking, finding, doubting, wondering, asking, seeking, finding. It's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. This just the way that nature was designed. Period. So get that through your freaking head, man. Third Yeah, don't be a turd. So there's your tip I'm going to leave you with for right now. Do that, and you'll make some progress. Why don't you use that to quit nicotine, babe? Oh, boy. Nicotine's good for you. You got any super chats, Blake? We had one guy, uh, Rising Ability, $1.99. What do you say anything? Leave a comment? FJs are the best. Well, that's what I got, FJ60. FJ60. Thank you, Ryzen. Ryzen, we appreciate that, man. I want to say, can I say one more thing? Go ahead, baby. First, the first thing of two I want to say is it really irritates me when you keep saying you're wrapping it up and you haven't, like, checked to see if we have anything else. Like, you're like, I'm going to let you, I'm going to end with this thing. Thank you for that. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. And you're not very smart. 
And um, I was just thinking earlier how Chili makes Dr. Huberman look like a retard. Don't speak about it. You know. He's so much smarter than Andrew Huberman. When I talk about Andrew Huberman, Chad gets jealous. Really? Yeah. He's like, I'm better than him. And I'm like, why are you being so prideful? Like, it's, I, I it's just okay. say that to aggravate her. He must feel challenged by him. He does. Seriously. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I, I, I just. <laughs> That's how you know. I'm going to tell you, man. That's all this scientific know. crap, man, it's a bunch of freaking. Okay. Look, man. You, we challenged you, his pride. Here comes the, look, here comes the anger. Here it comes. I, I want y'all to understand another thing. I would say about 80% of what y'all hear out there about all this diet and, and 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 fixes and and food and all this about 80% of this crap is a scam. Do y'all I, I I'm being serious right here. You said this on the last podcast I was on. I I could I could literally make so much more money oh. than I make because I could I have 100 scams in my mind that I could sell you on. Easy. All right? Now, now I, I'm being up front with y'all. I'm just telling you. Real easy. Uh, yeah, real easy. All right? So everything that you see and hear about all these freaking big heads that are think they're doing all this crap, man, 80% of it's a scam. I'm just, and that, that's why I, I hear things, and, and, and I've been around, look, man, I've been around the block, son. I've been around the world. I've been around the block. I've interacted with people from all different cultures, all different races, all different societies. I've I, I've I've been there and done that, son. I'm, I've got a good idea of what works and what doesn't work and what this whole life thing is all about. So do other now, people. Now, I ain't perfect, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you I got a good idea of what it's all about. And I can pick these daggone bull crap. Snake oil. Snake oil, freaking eat eat liver and eat uh, vegetables and all, uh, be a vegan and all this yoga and all this bull crap. I can pick all this out and call it for what it is. You I'm just telling you. Vegetables? We need to bring back the segment where you call somebody out every no. week. No, that is the most <laughs> unchristian thing I've ever Well, we heard actually of. want to do a, a new segment on YouTube for you guys watching YouTube. Um, Brisket. So he's on these new YouTube segments. Ain't he? We're going to have 14 series no, running. No, Biscuit, know, Biscuit's actually approved this, all right? Um, so we actually want to do on uh, the video weekly, I want to have some T-shirts made, Chili. Uh, well, we're going to do... get on them now. We're going to do a Lick My Butthole Award <laughs> of the Week. And, uh, and, and one of you guys... Um, one Gets of you, to lick his butthole. <laughs> One of you trolls, you know what? That, that doesn't like something that we post. We're oh, gonna, man, we're, he's discrediting we're himself gonna here see, now. Every- we're gonna, we're gonna read through your comments, and and you that leaves the most ridiculous comment. You know what'll make you feel better about you when you feel bad about something that I say. You know what'll make you feel better every single time. What if you lick my butthole? All right. What it, scriptures that? I don't think we need to make shirts. I think we is need to make little proverbs? trophies. Oh yeah, we can make a little trophy. That, <laughs> that is a butthole. Yeah, let's make a little butthole trophy. <laughs> I hope that ain't hard. And every <laughs> every week we're gonna mail out your award for the you can lick my butthole award of the week. So can it please be a realistic looking butthole on the trophy? <laughs> yeah. 
We'll actually take. We'll, wait, wait, wait. Can Chili? I'll, I'll go down on, to town. Hold on. And, no, shut up. Can Chili be the one to have to call and ask who's for someone to make this trophy? Could you just play that forward? <laughs> like, yes, yeah, sir. How can I help you? Um, I need a trophy, man. Sir, I need a trophy of a butthole. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go down and t- hey, I'll go down and talk to Becky and she, see if she can make a plaster uh, cast of my butthole. <laughs> You're going to let another lady cast your butthole? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing sexual about it. <laughs> it's for the awards. It's right I'm there totally, with the rest of your business. <laughs> I'm totally... Yeah, yeah you're going to tie it up. But probably wouldn't get in the way. <laughs> no, boo, I'm totally down for this. I am 100% down I wanted to do it for so long. I think I'm going to nix this, guys. Thank you all for tuning in in the 3-7 podcast. Find us out, Blake. Well, guys, we do appreciate you tuning in. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Hoist. Hoist is our hydration partner here at 307 Project. They're an awesome company. They make a really great product. If you guys don't know, this is what I hydrated with during the duration of our 24-hour treadmill race. By the way, I was sweating profusely during the beginning of that. And uh, this Hoist has everything you need in it to keep you going longer and stronger. It's got calcium, potassium, magnesium. It's got 70 calories in it. Uh, There is no high fructose corn syrup. It's cane sugar. Really good ingredients. No preservatives, so it's much better for you than most of the crap that's out there on the market today. Check them out at drinkhoist.com. Support the companies that support this show. You want to know what? Not a lot of companies will support our show. You know why? Because we're Christians. We like guns. Uh, We like to talk crap. We like to be who we freaking are. And that rubs most woke companies the wrong way. Well, let me tell you, Hoist are good people. And they let us be who we are. And they still support us in everything that we do. They also support our military, our first responders, all the people that we look up to, that we love, that that play a big role in the safety of our communities and our nation. So they've been an awesome partner. Drinkhoist.com. Promise you, you won't be disappointed. Love you guys. Hey, Andrew Huberman is the best. Enough said.